grab your Bible and open it to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, and we're going to be in verse 22. I know we were there last week, and Pastor Ashley was ended up there last week, so we're going to, we're going to start there again this week. Not a good time? Not a good time of prayer together, amen? That was good. Thank you, Bill, for stepping out. Stepping out in faith. That was kind of... You must have heard the message last week, huh? <laughs> if you didn't hear the message last week, I encourage you to grab it online, download it, tell us you need a copy. Uh, my wife really gave us a, uh, a great challenge for the year about pursuing dreams and bravely stepping out and... I uh, looked at several different accounts of, you know, overcoming those times when people squish your dreams and tear them down or say, that's ridiculous, I can't, why would you think that? Or when we try things on our own, try to make them happen like Abraham and, and Sarah did, and and then ultimately just to end up where where Peter steps out of the boat and walks on water. And there's a, there's a time when you just have to say, okay, I'm just going to go for it. I'm just going to go for it. And see what happens. You know, it, I think the more the more we hang around church, sometimes we get used. And you're you're thinking not at this church, but <laughs> we get we kind of get we get used to whatever we're used to, um, and it becomes comfortable. It's not it's not stepping out anymore for us. It's it's familiar. And so I think that's why the Lord sometimes just you know God just has to Jesus just walks on by all the time and. He's like, hey, you want to get out of the boat? You're like, I thought I was out of the boat. He's like, well, you're in a different boat now. <laughs> so you need to get, get out of the boat. You've got to keep stepping out of the boat. You've got to keep stepping towards him. And so let's read that t- together again. And we're going to just pull a few things starting from here today and see, see where we go. So verse uh, 22, Matthew 14, says this. Holy Spirit, open the word. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side while he dismissed the crowd. And after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. And when evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if, if it is you, Peter replied, Tell me to come to you on the water. Come, he said. And then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came toward Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and he began beginning to sink. doesn't say he sank, he began to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me, and immediately Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. Oh, you have little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly you are the Son of God. And this is a very familiar passage, and... Uh, I just want to pull a couple things out of it in terms of stepping out, in terms of stepping into what God has called you to do. And there's things that, that have been stirred in your heart, and there's things that still need to be stirred. In the, in the other accounts uh, of, the, of the, I almost said feeding of the 5,000. <laughs> in the other accounts 
of Jesus walking on water. There's one in Mark, which we will read here in just a minute. And there's one in John. Uh, there's one of them that says Jesus did not intend to get in the boat. It says Jesus meant to meet them on the other side. And so it was not... Think about this. Jesus didn't have a plan for Peter to walk on water. Now, it's very interesting if you think about that. It's very interesting. Jesus was planning to go by them. He wasn't planning to be seen. But then Peter said, hey, Lord, you know, they noticed. And they, of course, they said, first of all, they thought, thought it was a ghost. You know, sometimes people fail to recognize God and they think it's something bad. You know, when, think about this. For some of you, when you first got exposed to the fullness of the Holy Spirit, there's some of you that said, that ain't, that ain't, no, that ain't God. <laughs> there's probably a some in here who said that. You're like, whoa, 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 and whoa. <laughs> I ain't doing that. <laughs> Whatever that is, that's not God. And we still have people that say, hey, that's not God. He's getting a whole lot less. I mean, even in circles where people don't believe in the Holy Spirit, have you noticed there's an openness to the Holy Spirit? God, God's moving. I know our country's in a bad place, and we may not recognize it sometimes, but I, I think God is stirring things up. There's things going on. I've even heard a hint that the pastor at First Baptist is a little bit, little bit spirit-filled, that they're getting a new pastor there. I don't know if that's like under the wrap, so don't spread that rumor, but... That was from a, sore, a pretty good source that I very much trust. It said there's, so God, God's doing something. And He's going to have to do something with the place we are in our nation. Because things, things are going to change quickly for us. We, I know we've mentioned this before, but you know, the Christian thought is no longer the majority rule. You know, it's not, the, it's not the general thought. And we can't continue to live like it is. We can't continue to assume that everybody thinks they should be going to church. There's a whole huge percentage of people, first of all, that, that not even think about it. They would never have, even have a thought about it and would say there's, that there would never be a reason for that. You know, in West Texas, you know, I grew up in California. Yes, we're off the notes here. I grew up in California. You know, when I moved to Texas, and this is... Okay, I'm only 26, so let's see. Um, <laughs> this was in 1997. How many years ago was that? Somebody who does math. 18? Okay, I've been in, Tex I've been in Texas for 18 years. So 18, 18 years ago, I came to Austin, Texas, Cedar Park from California, and lived there, and I was shocked at the things you could do in Texas that we would never even think about in California. Like doing some prayer at schools and pray to open all these football games and different kinds of stuff. There was all, all that. That was long gone in California 20 plus years ago. Long, 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 long gone. I was shocked at the way that we could, you know, you have a get up and have a mirror that believed in Jesus when we had... I don't know where our mayor stands now, but our mayor before was a professing believer, strong Christian, and you know I was I was surprised about those things. And so, but here's the deal: in other parts of our nation, like Washington State, <laughs> California, and the Eastern, a majority of our nation is not a, not on the same wavelength as us. And so, there's going to have to be a change. So we're going to have to be ready. And in fact, it's becoming hostile towards anybody who believes in Jesus and stands for the truth. And so we, 
We can either do one thing. We can start fighting back in the flesh. Or we can use spiritual weapons to overcome. Because the the enemy is not people. The enemy is the devil. He influences people. He sometimes uses them. But I don't ever want to make them the enemy. Because they're the harvest. They're the ones that Jesus loved. They're the ones that Jesus died for. They're why I'm not dead yet. Why am I still here? Why didn't God kill me when I got saved? Because I'd go straight to heaven. Because there's somebody else that needs to meet me. There's maybe several somebody else's who need to encounter me. They need to experience love. And they need to see someone walking in their life where they say, God, is that you? Kind of like Peter did, where Peter sees, says, Hey, is that you? If that's you, then I want that. If that's you... Jesus, if that's you, I'm going to go out there with you. And that happens in our lives, and that happens in others' lives when they see us, because people say, hey, is that, if that's God, then I want that. You know, they go home and they pray a, a, a private prayer. They, they pray a prayer in, in, a, in a place where they're all alone, and no one's looking, and they don't think anybody can hear, where they go, I saw that, God, if that's you, if that's you, then I'm going to go out there. Then tell me to come, you know. And Jesus answers, Peter, Jesus intended to go to the other side. But Peter, recognizing and seeing what God was doing, what Jesus was doing, said, hey, if that's you, can I come out there? Call to me. If that's you, you tell me to come out. I mean, how did he not, if it was some other spiritual thing showing up, how do you know the, the thing wouldn't say, yeah, sure, come on. Think about that. There was something in Peter that just knew that if Jesus said come, he would just recognize his voice. And there's things that we see that we need to recognize, and sometimes we're the one that needs to be seen because we're being seen and Jesus is being seen in us, and they're, they're seeing love. They're seeing something, something different, like, hey, if that's God, then I want that. Now, if they see hate and anger and political rage, they might say, I don't want that. They'll say, God, if that's you, I don't want that. And we have a lot of that going on in our country because they're like, if that's, if that's God, I don't want that. And so I want to be, be full. I want to be pursuing what He wants. And here's the deal. Watch for things in your life where you recognize and see God doing something that you're like, God, if that's you, I want to be a part of that. Because there may be something birthed in your heart. I'm talking about dreams that you haven't had yet. Callings that you haven't experienced yet. Things that haven't been stirred upon your heart. But you never thought of it until there's a little bit of hint of something. You have to expose yourself to more of God so you're pressing into more. Sometimes you don't even know what to ask for. Think about, okay, I grew up in mostly in Foursquare. So I kind of mostly knew about the Spirit-filled life. Some of you grew up outside of that, and so you know this experience. You've experienced this because you recognize when you saw the fullness and the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you're like, if that's you, if that's you, God, then I, you know, tell me to come out to that. <laughs> and some of you have probably have some stories that are just like that, where you just talk to God and boom, it happens. You get baptized in the Holy Spirit. You receive the fullness of the Spirit. Sometimes it's with others. Doesn't you know? There's all kinds of different ways. It doesn't have to be in a church meeting. Thank you, Lord. But there's times where where you're going to see something, and God's going. There's going to be something in your heart that says, "God, I want that." If that's you, I want that. 
And so I encourage you to be, be looking for those things where you recognize the work of God. You know, it may not be as dramatic as Jesus walking on water. But whatever it is, you can say, hey, God, if that's you, you know, I, I kind of want that. You know, several years ago, I went to, uh, I was stretched to go to Bethel Church with my dad when he was the pastor. He took me and Gary Coe, and that, I guess that was it. Me and Gary Coe, my dad, went to Bethel Church, and this was before they were super well-known. It was just we began heard of one book and just decided to go out there and see what was going on. You know, there's some pretty wild things going on out there. I mean, it wasn't really wild. I mean, it was semi-wild. You know, it was just, you know, a little bit more than I'd seen. There were some things there, and there was, you know, it wasn't while I was there. Because while I was there, there was, a, there was times where I was going, that's a ghost, that's a ghost, that's a ghost. <laughs> you know, we can get in that thing, God, that's, that's not you. Oh, uh, that's probably something else. That's just... That's just emotionalism or that's whatever. Uh, I don't want that. But, but there's something in us where sometimes we're the Peter and not the other 11 disciples. You know, the, the, the other 11 disciples, they just, scream, they just continue to scream, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> Only one disciple said, hey, is that you? Only one disciple said, God, is that you? And so there was something in me that said, God, there's something going on here that I want. If that's you, God, then do something in my heart. You know, a few years, a few years later at camp, I don't know how many years, maybe just one or two, it was probably just one or two, I had a dramatic encounter with God at camp. And it changed my life. And God allowed me to see His power flowing through me like I had never experienced before. And so there, there's times in your life where God wants to show you something and when you see it, you can step into something more. You can step into... And it's, you step into something that you're called to be. You know, it's interesting in, in Mark... Um, in Mark 6, in the story, the same story, let me read it to you. It says, immediately Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. It's very similar. And go into the boat ahead of him to Bethsaida while he dismissed the crowd. After leaving them, he went up on the mountainside to pray. And when evening came, the boat was in the middle of the lake and he was alone on land. He saw the disciples straining at the oars because the wind was against them. So there's a, another detail that we didn't get in Matthew. It says there was some, there was some physical, uh, physical battle going on here as well as maybe spiritual. About the fourth watch of the night, he went out to them walking on the lake. He was about to pass by them. But when they saw him walking on the lake, they thought he was a ghost. And so they cried out and because they all saw him and were terrified. Immediately he spoke to them and said, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Then he climbed into the boat with them, and the wind died down. They were completely amazed. For they had not understood, listen to this, for they had not understood about the loaves. Their hearts were hardened. Now, why does he say that right at the end there? Well, what, what loaves had just happened? Anybody know? He had the five loaves and two fish. Remember that? The feeding of the 5,000 had just happened. And so 
Mark brings out that says, hey, look, they didn't get Jesus walking on the water because they didn't get the miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Because they didn't understand what God could do. And so there has to be an expansion of our understandings of what God can and will do if we're going to see the miraculous, if we're going to see more than what we've always seen. We can stay where we're at or we can get out of the boat. What if you get out of the boat and something amazing happens? What if you step out and something amazing happens? I know many of you have done that. I, I remember several people like going on a mission trip for you. That was a, that was a stepping out of the boat time. And you know, you, you didn't think you could do it. And you didn't know if you could go to another nation. But you said, I'm, you, you were maybe scared. Like, I don't know if that's you, God. But if that's you, just tell me to go. And you, you step out of the boat. And then you found out, hey, this, you know, when I got my eyes on Jesus, I'm walking on water. I'm doing something that I thought I would never do in my life. And that's that continual expansion, but we have to hear the voice of God. The other interesting thing about Mark is, traditionally, the belief is that Peter helped Mark, John Mark, write the book of Mark. So like the book of Matthew is the disciple Matthew, right? That's pretty easy. Uh, the book of Luke was Dr. Luke, who was kind of, you know, wasn't with Jesus, but took other eyewitness accounts of Jesus. And then he was live for the book of Acts when he wrote book of Acts. He was with Paul and all those things. But Mark is, and John was John, okay? But Mark is traditionally that thought that Peter was the source of Mark. So isn't it interesting that in Mark, where Peter's telling the story, because John Mark wasn't there. He wasn't, he wasn't in the boat, Matthew was in the boat. What stuck out to Matthew was Peter got out. <laughs> I mean, he remembered. Don't I bet you every eleven disciples they remembered who got out of the boat. There was no they they remembered that they remembered it wasn't like dang I think there was something going on I don't know did something else happen that day Jesus walking in the water I don't know. <laughs> but in Mark it doesn't say anything. And I, I wonder if it was Peter walking later in his life, because this was later in his life. He wasn't as compulsive and all this, you know, stuff we see about Peter. But there was, there was, a, there was a humility in Peter where he didn't even want to mention that he walked on water. You know, and when you, when you begin to step into the more of God, you'll step into more of humility. Because you recognize that's not me. That's not me. And we don't we have to not be scared to step into that. And there it's I know I find myself sometimes saying, Well, I, I, if I go there, God, I don't wanna I don't want it to be too much for me. I don't want it to be, you know, where I step into it and I'm you know, I become prideful. But here's the deal if God makes you step out, it's not gonna lead you to pride. It's actually our our false pride, our false humility, I mean our, our weak pride that says, oh, no, no, that's not for me. No, we're, that's actually a form of pride right there. It's false humility because we're like, oh, I could never do that. No, you're limiting what God could do. God's saying, no, I, I will put you in there and trust me, you'll be humble. <laughs> don't worry about that. <laughs> I will take care of that. So I don't know. I submit that to you. I don't know for sure if that's why it's left out in Mark. Maybe just they left out the detail. But I, I believe, I know in fact, that Peter later in 1 Peter says, hey, humble yourselves. 
God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He quotes Proverbs. That's, that's in Peter's book. So there is something in Peter that grasps the power of that concept. And, you know, we're reading this book on, on miracles. And I just, I just want to share one, just one of the stories, just because it's really, it's really a cool book. Um, if you want more copies, I guess we can get, a cop, get more copies. I gave them to our leaders kind of as a, a way to encourage our leaders and challenge them and challenge us to new things. But there's, it's written by Jerry Stott. He's the South Pacific Foursquare Overseer. And he's just seen tremendous miracles. He's also failed, as we talked about a couple weeks ago. He's prayed and nothing's happened. But he's continued to step out of the boat. And one of the times... He, he saw something he had never seen before. There was a very faithful woman in the church, and she used to be at every service. You know, she'd show up, but whenever she was sitting during the message, she was always, you know, just kind of squirming around. You know, it's like, come on, lady, can't you sit still and listen to the sermon? And, you know, what's wrong with you? And some of you are like, I can't sit still because I'm going to check out if this doesn't matter how exciting the sermon is, right? So that's why I'm moving around. But so he's, he always wondered why, why that was the case. He didn't know. But this woman had a, like a degenerative back disease. Is that correct? Right, Greg and Ronnie? You guys have read it. So, <laughs> so she had this degenerative back disease. She'd been going to the doctor. She'd been on medication. And then finally, it just got so bad. And she went to the doctor, and they're just like, we can't do anything else for you, is the gist of it. And so she just had something in her heart that said, okay, then. I'm just going to go Wednesday night, I'm gonna, and my pastor is going to lay hands on me. He's going to pray for healing, and I'm going to be healed. So she shows up Wednesday night. They have their Bible study or teaching time or whatever it was that night. After the, after the time, this, this woman comes up to him and says, um, you're going to pray for me, and I'm going to be healed tonight. This is what's wrong with my back, and I'm going to be healed tonight as you pray for me. And so, of course, as a pastor, you're always thinking, oh, yeah. Uh. <laughs> That's some faith, right? Yeah, No pressure. No pressure. And so, you know, being a good pastor, he lays hands on her. <laughs> and he prays for her. As soon as, as, soon as he put, touches his hand on her, she flies into the aisle three feet back up in the air and lands straight on her back. God, if that's you... <laughs> And he, he turned to his associate, he says this, and says, you know I didn't do that, right? <laughs> you, you saw I didn't do that. In other words, he's like, I don't want a lawsuit here. Because he, and he says, so he says, I was going to wait 30 seconds and then call the ambulance. Because <laughs> he's like, if her back didn't hurt before, it really does now. <laughs> she might be dead. And so he... They gently go, they, they wait 30 seconds. <laughs> it probably seemed like an eternity. <laughs> they walk over to the woman and they bend down and they're like, can we help you up? And she says, no. And then she gets a big old smile on her face and she leaps up to her feet and says, I'm healed. <laughs> and they're all, yes. <laughs> and he turns to his associate and says, you know, I didn't do that, right? <laughs> Humility. Look, he knows he didn't do it. That wasn't Pastor Jerry. That was Jesus. And there's a, there's a thing when we step into what God wants us, you know what? With our tender hearts, God's saying, look, you don't need to be afraid that you're not going to be humble. I'll take care of that, you know, because you'll know. You'll know that's not me. That's him. 
The other thing that God wants us to do is to continue to hear his voice that Peter did in this passage. He said to, he said to Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come out. And that, remember, it's in the middle of a storm. They're rowing. They're, they're exa- probably getting pretty exhausted. They're tired. Uh, it was probably a shouting type thing. But hearing the voice of Jesus, there was something. I believe there's something when Jesus just said, come, where Peter knew that's, that's him. You know, in John 10, 27, it'll be on the screen. It says this, my sheep hear my voice. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. You know, it's so simple, but it's not always easy. But some of us, we get stuck in the place where we're like, I'm not sure I can hear God on something like that. I'm not sure, you know, if, you know, would you, would you be able to hear God if He said, get out of the boat? Would you be able to recognize that God was saying, come, Come on. This is where I want you. Come over here. You know, the grace of God is activating our lives through what? Faith. By trusting and believing that God is who He says He is and that we are who He says we are. If you believe that you're His, you can believe that you can hear His voice. You know, my prayer for all of us myself included, is that we learn to hear better. It's not that God needs to talk better. <laughs> right? <laughs> Do we need God to talk better? I don't need God to talk better. I don't even need Him to talk louder. I'm sure He's using the proper volume. If I'm in a storm, He does shout sometimes. You know, if I'm not in a storm, it might be in the still, small voice. Sometimes in the storm, it's still the still, small voice. Like when you're Elijah in the, in, in the, in the cave. Whatever it is, there's a recognition and believe that as a child of God, you can hear His voice. That you're not going to mess up. And you know what? Be willing to mess up as well and not let it discourage you. The more I'm full of His Word, the more I'm full of His Spirit, then I'm going to recognize the voice of Jesus. It doesn't matter what other distractions are going on in my life. I'm saying, Lord, if that's You, if that's You, speak to me. Tell me to come out there. Come. Oh, that was God. I'll begin to recognize His voice more and more. And I think the more you step out of the boat, the more it seems like He gets louder. Maybe my ears get unstuck. I don't know. My spiritual ears are open when I step out, when I take a risk. And here's the deal. Peter sank. Peter began to sink. You've got to be willing to sink if you're going to step out in faith. If you're too scared that you might sink, you'll never step out of the boat. And Peter wasn't thinking about sinking. I don't know what he was. There was just a, to me, it was like the gift of faith in that moment where Peter just had something come over and says, if that's you, come on up, come. And he's just, he just began to walk, just step out in faith. He wasn't looking, it says he wasn't looking at the water. He wasn't looking at the waves. But it says that when then he looked at the wind and the waves and the water and said, "Ah, I'm on the water. How far did Peter walk on water? We don't know. You know what? 
it wasn't just a couple of steps. You know why I know that? Because Jesus was pretty far out. If Jesus had walked two feet beside the boat, they wouldn't say, Look, it's a ghost! (laughs) They would have said, Hey, Jesus, what are you doing? (laughs) It was enough of a distance in the storm where they just saw there's somebody out there. And so Peter had to walk far enough where Jesus could just reach out and grab him. I know Jesus could have transported himself real close and just, you know, just kind of do super speed or whatever. I get that. But I, I believe there's something that Jesus, that Peter walked on the water for a little while. It was when he looked at someone else other than him that he began to sink. And when I step out, I don't want to put my focus on my stepping out. You know, that's, that's how the, the faith movement kind of got off. It wasn't that faith was the problem. It's that the faith became faith in faith, not faith in him. If it's faith in a formula, it's not faith in God. It's faith in a formula. You know, why is it that when I prayed for someone one way and they get touched by God, the next time I pray for them, it doesn't happen. I did the same thing. God, I did the, I did it, God. I, I did, I prayed the right prayer. I said the right thing. I said in Jesus' name. I was authoritative. I was this or that. And God's like, look, <laughs> it's not the prayer. It's who your eyes are on. If your eyes are on me, you'll walk on water. If your eyes are on the wind, you will sink. Because it's not you, he says, it's me. That's it. (laughs) So I encourage you. Don't be afraid to step out. Don't be afraid to step out. There's something that you see that stirs your heart, that you see God doing. There might be something in that where God says, and you just, just ask Him. Just have a conversation with Him. See if He says, come. I don't know if all 11 disciples said, hey, we'll come too. Jesus might have said, not yet. I don't know. But He'll speak. He'll let you know. He'll say, look, we're going to just transfer boats here. Interesting thing, in the book of John, we won't read that today, the the story of Jesus walking on the water, when Jesus gets in the boat, it says they all experienced another miracle. It says immediately they they were at the other side. Don't you think that got the disciples' attention? Well, maybe it did. I don't know. They they still didn't get the feeding of the 4,000 on the other side when Jesus said, Oh, we only have uh, seven loaves. I wonder what we should do. I think he kind of waited a second. We've got seven loaves. How are we going to feed all these people? And the disciples are like, I don't know. <laughs> He's going to be faithful to keep challenging us, keep leading us, say, hey, hey, step out. You know, he's waiting for one of the disciples to say, We got seven this time, baby! We got two more than last time! We can feed these people no problem. God's going to do it. Let's feed. I'm going to look up to Him, and I'm going to trust in Him. I'm going to look to Him. He's going to be the one that's going to do this. It's not going to be me. It's going to be Him. And see, when that... I thought I was done. <laughs> it hasn't started yet. <laughs> it doesn't start till 12 o'clock, people. The football game. Uh, so, 
when I get my eyes on Jesus and not on me, when the miracle happens or the miracle doesn't happen, I don't have to look at myself either way. What did I do wrong? What happened? What, what's wrong with me? Well, I wasn't putting faith in me. So if the faith is not in me, then it's not what I did right or wrong. It's who was I trusting? And when my faith is in Jesus and he does the miracle through me, I go, that's not me. And he goes, you're right, that's not you. (laughs) And so that takes the pressure off. I know we all feel that. And as a pastor, I get that. When this woman came up to him and said, you're going to pray for me and I'm going to be healed. All right, no pressure here. But if I realize that when I feel the pressure... When I feel the pressure, my eyes are on the waves. My eyes have switched from him to the waves. Because the reason that that woman was healed was not because of Pastor Jerry's faith. It's because, look, this woman had a... She just had a word from God and she was confident. She was so expectant that he, he didn't have to pray any prayer. He just had to lay hands on her and start to pray. And she was healed. It wasn't the prayer. It wasn't the words. It wasn't. He didn't say in Jesus' name. It just happened. Because their faith, her faith was on him. And so let the pressure be dropped off of you. When you step out, the pressure's not on you to walk on water. The pressure's on him to keep you up. Now we're done. Let's stand. Father, we just thank you, Lord. I just pray over each and every one of our hearts today. Lord, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus. I speak to every heart and I say be open to the voice of God. Right now as we place our hands on our hearts and and spiritual ears, Lord, we ask right now that the voice of God, the voice of the Holy Spirit would become clearer and clearer and clearer. Lord, any kind of barrier that is hindering us from hearing from you, Lord, we ask for those barriers to fall down in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask for fear. We ask for doubt. We ask for unworthiness. Lord, we ask for uh, fear of failure. Lord, we ask for any uh, past sins that come up in our heart, for those things to be silenced in Jesus' name. They don't belong. They're not in our hearts because I am a child of the King. I am a son or daughter of the King, and they don't belong. We thank you that as your sheep, we believe we will hear your voice. And right now, let's just declare that. Just say that on your soul. I will hear your voice, Lord. I will hear your voice, Lord. I will hear your voice, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that this year we're going to continue to hear your voice better and better. God, we thank you for that. Thank you for allowing us. We're we're believing. We're going to stay humble. We know it's not us, Lord. We've been through enough. We've been through enough in our life. No, it's not about me. It's about you, Lord. And so we want to keep our eyes focused on you. And thank you that it's your grace and your, your love, your favor that works in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.